0: On today's show, LeBron James announces that he's returning for another season. Are the Lakers among the top contenders in the West? Plus, who are the most mid-teams in the NBA? And then we wrap up with our NBA Offseason Emmy Awards. All of that and more coming up on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg, here as always with Adam Matas, however you might be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Uh, We're going to get to the most mid-teams in the NBA, our NBA offseason Emmy Awards later on in the show, but let's start with LeBron James announcing at the ESPYs that he is not retiring. Adam, on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you?
1: Zero, of course. Um, And he... And I'm also not surprised in the delivery of this, right? Like, LeBron is is pretty corny in his old age. He's, like, growing cornier, which I can relate to. I've grown cornier in my old age. But the way he revealed it with that, I don't know, joke or whatever, unbelie- actually, unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Um, not surprised at all. It was just – he gets accused a lot of trying to steal the spotlight. And I, I think there's some- – <laughs> There's certainly some truth to that. It was it was strained. Did he really think that we were wondering? Like nobody was on the edge of their seat waiting. Everybody thought he was coming back. The Lakers were acting as if they thought he was coming back. <laughs> he was posting on social media being like, "Yeah, about like loving the Lakers free agent moves," insinuating that he was going to return. This was not a mystery at all. And I even think back to when he said it after uh, after Game 4 losing to the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals saying he's really got to think about his NBA future. And just everybody even back then rolled their (laughs) eyes at it. And there was a lot of questions as to why he would do that, why he would talk about potentially retiring. Again, got accused of stealing the spotlight from Nuggets. People thought that maybe that's what his intent was. Um, My read on that all along, Adam, is, and we've talked about this offline, but this is just, to me, every time I see LeBron do something like this, I think about the fact that he is recording – a documentary that he is producing a documentary about this stage of his career. And I just think about everything in scenes almost. I mean, you know, you know me, Adam, I'm a storyteller. This is how oh, such a storyteller. (laughs) yeah. And I just think that like, what we're going to see is him just like grinding, playing 48 minutes in game four against the nuggets of the Western conference finals. And then saying afterwards, man, I really got to think about my NBA future. It's going to be like this noir setting, a dun dun kind of, um, uh, uh sound effects and all these things and it's just gonna be really dramatic. And then we're gonna spin it forward and we're gonna he- see him decked out in this suit, announcing that he's coming back to grand applause that sort of just piped in crowd noise that didn't actually exist at the Emmys. And then him just going crazy, dunking in his 21st season. And I think that's what's gonna I think all of this was for the film. In other words, Adam I don't I think I hear all the other theories, but I think it was because of the
1: film and that's what we're dealing with right now. It'll hit better on the film. Like all of those things. Like like you were joking about after game four, the Western Conference Finals, none of the dramatic, it was so overly dramatic, right? In real life. But yeah, you had a little bit of music and some lighting and stuff. And it's part of this overarching arc. I could totally see it. You might be right. I will say, when I watched the clip for the first time, because I didn't watch it live, but when I watched the clip kind of make the rounds, I remember thinking to myself, like, wait, was that. was Did people think he was retiring? Like, what what are we doing here? So I'm with you. It's like we haven't seen the early scenes. We're only seeing this one, and we're trying to make sense of it. But I will say, this is the summer of the Lakers. Um, really, it's the week of the Lakers. As we saw Darvin Ham earlier, too, reveal mm-hmm. that the Lakers are using Michael Malone's excitement a championship to uh, fuel his, uh, you know, that's going to fuel us this year. We're ready. to. It's not going to be the same, and we'll get them back. I want to say, is somebody in Denver, you can't. You can't. Denver never had a title. Now they do. (laughs) Next year, year, it doesn't matter. The title's already been won. The sweep's already been made. So, I don't know. The Lakers are doing the thing. The Lakers, really, for the last couple years, have had all of the shine of the Lakers' history, all the shine of all of those things. But it's like hollow underneath. And this one feels to me, the LeBron reveal that he's coming back and Darvin Ham, the motivation, all this stuff, just to me feels like, Is this still relevant? Right, Darvin Ham. The quote is "This ain't over." Talking about uh, it's over.
0: The season is literally over. The title was one, and Denver never had one. Now they do. Like (laughs) this is this is them trying to open the door back up and trying to. I don't know what it is. It it, it, look whatever. Credit to you, Darvin Ham. Whatever you got to do to get your team motivated for next season, I guess that's your job, but it is a little silly. I do want to talk about the Lakers, though, and just the Western Conference overall, because I've actually really liked the Lakers offseason. I'm not alone in that. They're pretty much universally uh, uh, you know, approved about their offseason. They bring back D'Angelo Russell. They add Gabe Vincent. Um, they bring back Austin, Austin Reeves on a very team-friendly deal. They, bring, they have Jared Vanderbilt still. They bring in uh, Torian Prince. And then, you know, they've got some – some flyers out there, a Jackson Hayes, a Cam Reddish. Uh, they draft Jalen Hood Shafino who looked great in summer league. He's like one of my favorite guys from summer league. Uh, maybe they get something out of Max Christie coming into next year in his second year. Like, there's some wild cards there, but I look at their top eight; it's pretty solid. There's still and and there's room for them to make moves before the trade deadline if they really want to. We'll see how the D'Angelo Russell thing really works out and all that kind of thing. But um, I think they're good. I thought they were good after they made the Russell Westbrook trade last year. I think they're a legit contender with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the top as long as they could stay healthy, which is always the asterisk with them. Um, I still have the Nuggets as the overwhelming favorites. But if we're talking about if we're trying to put a group of contenders together, I think the Lakers are firmly in that obviously with the Phoenix Suns. Um, are there any other teams that I'm missing in there? Or would you disagree with any of those teams that I already
1: had in there? I'm going to disagree with the Lakers. I mean, the part here you talk about a top eight and D'Angelo Russell was the first guy you mentioned when you were going to the bench there. D'Angelo Russell was one of the reasons Lakers got swept in the playoffs last year and the team was too afraid and everybody knew it. And the team was too afraid to bench him. He continued to start and continued to play to me. When you re up a guy I'm with you. I think it's more of a long-term play to trade him at the deadline, but either way you re up a guy and then that's supposed to be one of the strengths for your roster coming back. Like it's very rare the framing around the Lakers is is always this way, where for some reason we're missing the plot. Michael Malone in the playoffs last year felt so good about D'Angelo Russell being on the court that he brought it up in game one of this press conference, saying, "Hey, that's a guy that's really been positive for them in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see if they continue to play him. Of all the cocky things Michael Malone said, having <laughs> the other coach to play d'angelo russell in a playoff and then him playing and starting the rest of the series that was the wildest one that somehow flew under the radar but now that d'angelo is resigned it's as if this is like a great move for the lakers i don't think it is i don't think that he is like a guy that's going to win you in the, for you in the playoffs further than where they got so for like me, i said i don't lakers, think he's
0: i don't think he'll be on the team by the playoffs and if he is they did show willingness to bench him at the end of those games and now they have gabe vincent who is a you know he's a guy with championship, uh, not championship, but finals experience, deep playoff experience. You can always move him, and the thing is with LeBron, you can always just play him at point, and then and play some other more versatile lineups, and you don't even really need sort of a quote unquote point guard on the on the floor. But um, I'm I'm surprised that you wouldn't even have him in your group of contenders. I'm not telling you that I have them favored over
1: Denver, but they were they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. I mean, they yes they were, and they to me kind of had things fall very perfectly for them in terms of health. And I'm not trying to, this part, I'm not trying to troll about, you know, in 2019, LeBron placed 55 games, then 67, the bubble year that got interrupted. 45 after that, 56, 54. It's pretty safe to say that around 50 games, 45 to 55 games is what we should expect from LeBron at this stage in his career. So when we're talking about teams to be good, you just have to factor in. I think that LeBron is likely going to miss 30 games this season. And I think with Anthony Davis, that has been his MO as well. And so I look at that and I go, I don't think that roster survives better without him this year than they did last year. So I, to me, they have to break right again the way they did last year and everybody get healthy right at the playoffs and hopefully you get some momentum. No doubt. No doubt.
0: Um, Obviously the Phoenix suns have to be in there. We'll see how that turns out. But when you have that much star power, you kind of have to throw them, throw them into the group of contenders. I really like every other day, Adam, I wake up. I'm like, you know what? I feel good about the Phoenix Suns today. And then I'll wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't see how they get this done. This, this roster makes no sense. It's just a bunch of star names. We'll see what ends up happening. I, I still think I lean towards like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are just really freaking good. And if they have to make a move, they can always make a move, whether it's trading DeAndre Ayton or something like that. Who knows? I've got, I'm some, I'm kind of similar on the Warriors in terms of trying to throw them in my group of contenders. There's been some buzz about them maybe starting Chris Paul after his weird press conference in Las Vegas. Would it be like it's a Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond? Would that be the starting five? That's interesting. I don't know. I, I, whatever that is that they end up doing, I'm more bullish on the Chris Paul fit than I think a lot of people are. I just think that, hey, he's smart. The Warriors are smart. Basketball IQ, double down on all that stuff. Let's go. Um, I think it would work. Uh, I, dark- I think the
1: team West that, that is getting underrated by all of this is Memphis. I was just gonna bring I mean, him up. That's my dark horse. And, and, and I understand why people kind of move past them. I mean, some of the sideshow parts sure. of their season last year will really discourage people. But I mean, adding Marcus Smart, he's a good he's a really good player. Yeah. You know, I think we also forget that when a player when a team gets hurt the way they did with Steven Adams, um Brandon Clark last year. You almost like act like those guys won't matter. Like, oh, yeah, but they're missing those guys. But it's like, no, 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 no. But those guys are integral to wh- who they are and what they do. And not having them last year maybe painted a wrong picture of what their potential is. So I'm the Josh situation, who knows? You know, he had a very up and down last year and a half or so with some of the distractions. But if we put that to the side, admittedly a hard thing to do you look at this roster and you go, no, there's still a complete roster. That's really good. And going to be a very good regular season team. So I don't know Memphis. I think it's going to be good.
0: They roll out of bed and win 50, win 50 games every season now. Right. Like right. with this, with this new version of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and it's sort of similar to the Lakers. Like, yeah, this John Moran thing, he's going to be suspended 25 games. I also think that's why people are overlooking him. Cause he's suspended for the first quarter of the season. But when, when he comes back, if he is right mentally for the playoffs, that's a team that you have to look out for. And like you said, if they've got their, their guys healthy, that's a team that I think could compete with with anybody in the Western Conference for the most part. I, I, I really like the Grizzlies. I'm with you. I had them down as my dark horse, and I think they are being overlooked quite a bit because all they do is win games. All they do is win games, and uh, they're going to be a high seed. Marcus Smart there while John Morant is out. I like, I like Smart and his personality fit there. I also really like the new hire, uh, Anthony Carter from the Miami Heat's bench, who is in charge of their player development thing, but even more so. That's a dude that is going to bring like a little bit of that professionalism, that quote unquote heat culture right. to Memphis. And it just feels like they need like just professional, experienced, smart voices in that locker room that can guide some of these guys. And then getting Dylan Brooks out of there, it feels like that might, that people in Memphis felt like that was a needed kind of personality shift in that locker room. I can't really speak to it, but. Um, if if you can get like maybe a more mature group and John Morant, hopefully can get over these issues that he's dealing with. Uh, there is no reason not to think that the Grizzlies are legit contenders in the Western conference. So we agree on that. Um, all right, coming up, who are the most mid teams in the NBA? So getting away from the contender conversation, who could be the next team to blow it up? We'll talk about that next. First, a message from our partners. Today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs. And the pitch here is simple bird dogs. Make you look good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, Bird Dog's fixes the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I've got half a dozen pair of these things. They feel like butter. They keep me cool uh, in the 98 degree Miami heat, Adam. I mean, it's it's insane here. I'm just... I'm. I've got, like I said, half a dozen pair that are on rotation right now. They're perfect for me right now. They use an anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day long. Like I said, I love my bird dogs. and I'm wearing them all through the summer. You can get them too. Just go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and enter the promo code locked on NBA. And you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Now that the offseason is mostly settled, obviously the exception of where Damian Lillard and James Harden are going to be playing, maybe Pascal Siakam out there. but For the most part, we kind of get it. I thought we could take a look at the teams in the middle with our most mid-teams in the NBA. Adam, what do you think?
1: Well, mid meaning like they're going to be kind of mediocre or mid Correct. as in they're about to break it up because they were hoping to be better than mediocre, those are two different things, like Oklahoma City, I think might be mid, but that's an ascending mid
0: they're mid, but you're right, they're an ascending mid. I think as the kids would would use the word mid today, it's just you know, you're just mid, you're underwhelming, you're mid, you know, I think yeah. I think the I think the the thunder could be hovering around five hundred, but everybody's gonna be excited about them, you know, yeah, like, I mean I'm
1: excited them. about them,
0: yeah, so. Uh, I think we could start with Chicago, just sort of the definition (laughs) of mid, (laughs) the most (laughs) most mid team team over the last decade. Uh, Some (laughs) news on the Chicago Bulls front. They were just granted the $10.2 million disabled player exception. They can use that either to sign a free agent as just a regular exception would be used or in a trade, right? Like a traded player exception. They could use it in that way too. So pretty valuable. They applied for it at the beginning of July. Uh, So I would guess they intend to use it if they applied for it. I don't know if that's something quickly that's going to happen. I can't really see a free agent on the market that makes a whole lot of sense for $10 million. Maybe it's something that they can use again before Later. the trade deadline yeah. to go get a player that makes some sense for them.
1: By the, uh, Lonzo, by the Ball, way, that injury would derail any team. I mean, yes, of Lonzo course. Ball is a good player. And that roster, while I don't know that they were winning titles with him, if you just put him in there, there's certainly a different arc to them. And so losing him, we kind of almost just gloss over it, but it's a big deal. He's a good player.
0: He is they're still mid. Um, I don't really know what it is that they're doing. I really have no. They brought back Nikola Vucevic, which in a vacuum, I don't. I don't know that that was the wrong move. It was really the only move on the table for them. They had to bring him back because if they lost him, they didn't really have a way of replacing him. So you bring him back on a on a decent deal. I didn't think they overpaid for him. It kind of got panned at the time. I thought it was a fine. I thought it was a fine contract. Uh, but you still have Zach Levine <laughs> making a bunch of money. You got De Mar- Demar DeRozan in the final year of his contract. I really don't know what the plan is. Hoping for a leap for Kobe White, who looked better at the end of last season, maybe hoping for a leap that seems to come sometimes and then doesn't with Patrick Williams. I just don't know what really the plan is there for
1: Chicago. The plan is to stay the course. (laughs) Don't blow it up and risk uh, losing the fan base, I think. I mean, you're right. This is the definite. I think of all the teams we could do, this was the easiest one. They are the most mid-team in the entire NBA. So I think it was a good pick. All right. Who's yours? Who do you got? Um, I would go with Toronto. Yeah, the they they more feel like a team that's just in limbo for whatever reason. Um, They have good players. Like, they have the ability to not be so mid. And they could actually surprise some people. It just doesn't feel like they're moving in that direction. They're, it feels a little bit more like running back, a, 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 you know, something that's already ended. Like, they missed, they missed their exit. Um, So, I don't know. They could be good. I mean, OG Ananobi is obviously a fantastic player. Pascal Siakam, a fantastic player. Scotty Barnes, Yaka Purtle. That's the makings of a top defense in the NBA. Those four guys right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, sometimes a team expires and you kind of have to read it. It felt like they expired. No shot creation really to speak of on
0: that roster. I, I, I suppose you're kind of hoping for a big leap, third year leap from Scotty Barnes, but he doesn't really even project forward as somebody who's, you right. know, a Jason Tatum type of guy who's just going to go up and, and get his own shots or something like that. Um uh, having Fred VanVleet leave and not replace him with a point guard, I I know they brought back Dennis Schroder or they brought in Dennis Schroder, but it kind of clears the way for for Scotty Barnes to be that jumbo sized point guard now, and I would assume he's going to take those responsibilities. But OG Anunoby is a catch and shoot guy at best on offense. Pascal Siakam can create his own shot, but he's in trade rumors right now. He might not be there. Right? He wants a he wants a contract extension, and if they don't want to give it to him, maybe he's traded to Indiana, Orlando atlanta like these are the teams that have sort of been mentioned for him so we don't even know if he's going to be on the team to start the season i'm with you i think it's fine i think they'll probably make the play-in tournament or something like that in the east that's that's called mid but they're mid man they're mid they're not bad they're mid um can i throw another one at you
1: all right let's hear it
0: this might surprise some people i've got the clippers here oh wow i've got the la clippers um is this
1: with james harden or without him
0: Throw him on there. I don't care. <laughs> throw them on, <laughs> throw him on there. Him. Yeah, just add him. Take away a Robert Covington and a Norman Powell and throw him on there. Um, I just – this is the most, like, dramatic mid-team I think we've ever seen in the NBA because when they have their dudes, they look awesome, including in the last playoffs. When Kawhi was there, they looked great. And then what happened? The same thing that always happens. Kawhi got hurt, and then they didn't look great anymore. They looked mid. Uh, if Kawhi and Paul George are just going to play 50 games, and even, like, let's throw James Harden on there. he. He's like a 60 game per season player. Okay, cool. Okay. Like, unless you're perfectly staggering those two, two of those three during their injuries, which doesn't happen. Like, I just don't see a way that this team is any. Like, they look great when those guys are on the court. They hover around 500 or slightly below there when those guys aren't available, and that's basically been the story for the Clippers over the last three years. It's a dramatic way to be mid, but it's mid nonetheless, Adam. And I just don't see a way. I, I just. I'm not a believer on this team's ceiling. Everybody's if they're healthy, they're a contender. And it's like, okay, well, I've I have no reason to think they'll ever be healthy with this group. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. So they're mid.
1: It's part of my Lakers take as well. So I guess you have to throw it to them. I mean, look in this era, they have one Western Conference Finals run. That mm-hmm. you know, that's the pinnacle so far. So calling them mid, I don't think is too um is too harsh. I will say they are gonna be perpetually that team that should be better than what they are. So I mean they have the guys, but to your point. At what point do you just no longer start counting on it?
0: Any other mid teams on your list before we move on?
1: Um, I don't know if I have any more because I'm looking at all these and some of them feel like they're moving in an, uh, the upward direction or like starting to blow it all up. Because you look at a team like Portland as mid, but they're in the process of right. becoming bad. Um, I don't know that I would call Brooklyn mid because I think they're ascending. I think Dallas might be, like, one of these teams that Dallas, Minnesota, New Orleans, one of that trio is going to end up being mid, but I wouldn't predict any one of them. I kind of like all of them.
0: The one I sort of flirted with was the Knicks. I don't know that I'm
1: ready to call you're them right. mid,
0: but when you're talking about, like, ascending, like, all the like with Dallas, you, you have Luka. He's one of the best five or six guys in the NBA, so it's hard to they be They still mid missed
1: the playoffs mid. last year. Are you buying yeah. Dallas?
0: I almost had him as my dark horse. Okay. Um, I feel like
1: that's where a lot of people are.
0: I, I like the Grant Williams addition for them. I just don't really like the rest of the roster. It just seems, like, lacking. And then the Kyrie Irving thing, I have just no idea what to expect from him. But yeah. there was a there's a version where, because defensively, if they just give a little bit more effort closing out on three-pointers, like, that's really it. Like, if they just do that, I think they could be a lot <laughs> closer to, yeah. I think they could be a lot closer to where they were two years ago, which was a top-10 defense, versus where they were last year, which was a big weakness of theirs. So if they give a little bit more effort defensively and then with Luka and Kyrie, like your offense is taken care of, uh, yeah. I, I, there's there's a world where I could see them sort of entering that that like kind of second crust of the Western Conference. I don't know that I would bet on it, but there's a world where I could see it where like these mid teams like Toronto, Chicago, the Clippers, I just don't see it. I just don't see a way where they get to that level. I just yeah. like I just don't see a realistic version of that, and that's that's kind of where I ended up on the Knicks. You know, it's like okay, you got some nice things, and it was a good story last year. They were on the rise last year, but now they feel like firmly forty-seven wins. Like I don't know that they're going to get more than that, and I don't know that they're going to get a whole lot less than that either. Like they're going right. to be a few wins over five hundred, but like I think we know what RJ Barrett is. We know what Jalen Brunson. Yeah, he's is. he's awesome, but we know what he is. <laughs> RJ Barrett is mid. Yeah. Uh,
1: he is. Uh, he is.
0: He is. Like, the team is sort of, it's one of those teams that's sort of waiting to make a pounce for, the like, a next, like, they've been rumored, Joel Embiid, if Giannis were to leave Milwaukee, like, I get it. Carl um, Anthony Downs, maybe. For Cat, yeah. I mean, the, the Knicks are flirting with mid, but I'm not ready to put them in there quite yet.
1: All right. I like those teams. Oh, but, I, I, they're, they're in the mid spot for me. All right. So, I'll throw them in there. Why not? It's the Knicks. <laughs> Who cares? I love Quentin Grimes, though.
0: Big Quentin Grimes guy. Coming up we hand out our nba offseason emmys here on Locked on nba but first today's episode is brought to you by fanduel take your first swing at betting major league baseball on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 bucks that you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under who you think is going to get their first home run all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks for making Locked on NBA. Your first listen every day. It's Friday, which means we are counting down to the weekend. Emmy nominations were announced this week, Adam. Looks like Succession is nominated for everything. The Bears getting a bunch of nominations. Before we move on to our top five uh, NBA offseason Emmys, before we start giving those awards
1: out, any? are you a TV guy? Are you an Emmys buff? <laughs> I'm, I have, Anybody root for year, you? I was okay. really bad this year. Um, as you know, the Nuggets made the finals. Very, very distracted with that. Yeah, didn't get get to a a ton of TV this year. I hear the Bears great.
0: The Bear was very good. That was a post-finals binge uh, for me and the wife there. So uh, I hope they win a bunch of stuff. And Succession is great. One of my favorite shows. So uh, that's not what you're here for, though. Let's do our countdown. Five off-season Emmys. So, you know, basic stuff here, Adam. The Emmys, as you know, has categories. Uh, Best lead actor, outstanding drama series, outstanding comedy series, et cetera, things like that. I thought we could do a version of that for the NBA offseason and all the narratives running around uh, in the offseason. So I've got lead actor. So we're going to get a we're going to award a winner for best actor, best supporting actor. We've got a guest star drama series and comedy series. All right. So we're going to start with lead actor. And this one goes to Joe Cronin. The general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, who is da- doing a phenomenal job acting, this is Jeremy Strong level acting wow. by Joe Cronin, being like, "Oh yeah, no, this could take months. No, we can hold. No, <laughs> we're not. We're not in a rush. No, we've got plenty of suitors. People are lining up for Damian. Little, all this stuff. He's doing what he has to do. I understand it. He's not but- fooling you though. He ain't fooling me." That's right. I see behind the curtain, Adam, but for right now, he is the best actor of the offseason because he is buttering it up right now.
1: I mean, LeBron, we talked earlier, had a great acting performance at the uh, SB. so I I think he's snubbed in this category here. Um, No, you're you're right about the Dame situation. I will say, though, and we don't know about Cronin, but there have been GMs who have had the uh, iron stomach to be able to to handle the the drawn-out trade request. So I don't know. I mean, there is always a chance you get into the season and just say, "Hey, man, it didn't come through to our standards, and we'll 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 sit Dame until December if that's what it takes." I would be shocked if that happened. Yeah, that I would no be. Shocked. I mean,
0: that would be. We don't have to do the whole Damien Lillard thing. Let's move on. Best Supporting Actor. We're going to stay on the Damien Lord front here. I've got his agent, Aaron Goodwin. I just feel like he's playing a great <laughs> We're supporting running back role. To the previous category. I can't believe it. We're getting a sweep here. The Dame Saga. Dame saga's getting a sweep but li- yeah they're gonna win best limited series because i don't think it's gonna go on that long but um yeah the Aaron, I Aaron goodwin behind the scenes damien lillard's agent he's being very supportive and that was my uh, rationale for giving
1: that that was it <laughs> i guess it makes sense to me this works although i might say that he seems to me to be the lead actor in the saga he might i mean be the actually. story's coming out he's the one pushing every story here You're, that's true i mean but that's the mark of a great supporting that's actor true. you know
0: it's like Maybe he could we even nominate him for lead actor. You know, he's really starring in his role. Um, All right. I got guest star here. This is one of my favorite ones. Guest star Emmy winner won Patty Mills. He has been a guest star. He's been a guest on four teams in 10 days. Adam, this off season, (laughs) he has been traded to, he played from, for Brooklyn at the end of the year, got traded to Houston. Then yeah. got traded to the Thunder and now he's currently playing for the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know that he's checked into Georgia because he might expect to get traded again. Who knows? Uh Patty Mills, four teams in 10 days, just moving moving around for second round picks and cash considerations.
1: Uh, uh he's our guest star of the NBA offseason. Patty Mills, man. Um <laughs> every year there is one of these guys, right? Yeah that just like get becomes thrown in in like five different trades. Wasn't it like Luke um, Ridden a few
0: years ago or like, something? Yeah. Like what, what? Maybe something like the that. best one
1: was Choo Choo Madabal. I think there was a summer where he got his rights got traded like six times in one summer. Wild. Um all right, Patty Mills, congratulations.
0: Um, all right. Drama series. Damian Lillard and that whole thing is probably gonna win this, but I do have two other nominations for you. Okay. Actually, that's not true. We have a surprise here. We have a surprise winner. So the other two nominations were Damian Lillard, um, and that whole thing, but they're not gonna win this, they're just nominated. The Phoenix Suns are nominated. What's going on with Matt Ishbia and Isaiah Thomas and the whole so, thing so there? I, Chris Paul. You got to
1: give him credit for somehow being involved in every trade rumor. Yes. <laughs> like James Harden is rumored to be there. Yeah, uh, Impossible doesn't matter.
0: Um, but the winner here is the Golden State Warriors. And the Warriors get the, the Emmy here because of maybe one of the greatest twists we've ever seen in NBA offseason history. Chris Paul teaming up with the Warriors? At the very Man. end of his career here, I love the twist for dramatic dramatic flair. Uh, we have no idea how it's going to play out. But you think about how the Warriors got to this point, how, the, how Chris Paul in his own career has gotten to this point, and the fact that they have to team up for survival at the very end here. It's dramatic, Adam. You don't seem to be here with me
1: no man I, I you missed the boat on this one this is the like the sitcom that went one season too long i think that's what the warriors are we're like all right and then they brought in like a guy too famous to join the show this right. late into the show they jumped the shark they jumped the shark this is the office in the final season you know it's like <laughs> right. what are we doing here like half the cast isn't even playing anymore it's like, wait we brought in will ferrell why like yeah why? like what's he doing here it doesn't fit now that that's what this is i by the way Honestly, kind of how I feel about the Warriors. I know that they've been counted out a million times. They keep coming back. But at some point, it all does end. And this does feel to me. Wait. <laughs> I'm not who's joking. Who's counting out I the Warriors? That, that it feels weird.
0: Who's counting out the Warriors? What's that? Who's counting out the Warriors? I feel like I'm everybody's. I'm saying me. Oh, I'm you're counting, counting the out the Warriors. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you, you, you said before, like, you know, everybody's always counting out the Warriors, but now you're actually counting out the Warriors. Well, I like I'm just the Warriors saying, when
1: Two years out. ago, it was a surprise; people weren't picking them to win, and, and well, that's you know, fair. Came I mean, back they and came did it. So,
0: I'm just saying like that. But it,
1: it, at some point, the wheels do come off, and I kind of just feel like that was last year. That was the that oh. was the last hurrah.
0: I feel like it's dramatic,
1: but you're not wrong. I,
0: it, it does kind of feel like the last season or something. But I couldn't not I couldn't nominate them for Outstanding Comedy Series because <laughs> we've got some nominations. Okay. Uh, we've got Grady Dick just showing up in that.
1: Oh, costume. that was terrible. So that's
0: he's nominated. I don't like uh, cringe comedy. I don't, yeah, that's the uh, that's the British office right there. The British <laughs> office. Uh, I've got Carl Anthony Towns and basically all of the podcast P podcast wow. that's oh. nominated.
1: Another um, cringe, I man. You really are going to the cringe here.
0: The winner here is James Harden. James Harden. <laughs> is the winner for outstanding comedy series this is just like curb your enthusiasm james harden just walking around town pissing everybody off making enemies left and right uh he uses the rockets as leverage in the middle of the year to try to get the contract he wants from philly doesn't get it from philly calls houston again and he's like by the way how's that contract and they're like dude we're kind of sick of you we're actually going to go with this fred van vliet guy who seems way nicer and way easier to deal with so he pisses off houston In doing so, pisses off Philadelphia. Then, (laughs) here's the comedy part, has to actually opt into his contract in order to try to get traded elsewhere. And now everybody's like, I don't really know what I want to do. Do we really want to bring James Harden is? James Harden's walking around like Larry David, just pissing people off, getting himself into trouble. And now we don't really know how he's going to get himself out of this. And it's just an awkward, cringeworthy situation that James Harden is in. He wins the Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series.
1: Uh, again, I feel like this award is going to the same show one year too many, you know, it's like a, it's like a legacy (laughs) award. I mean, I've seen this, they just ran back the season. Season four was just like season three, you know, different setting. So I don't know why we're handing it out the award. I would have definitely gone if we we had all those cringe humors to go with, I would have definitely gone with Carl Anthony Towns, who I think can't help but hop on podcasts and say things that are like, come on, man, come on. Change the game, Adam, change the game. To change the game. He continues to change it. He got nominated. If you think, he by got- the way, my hottest take is: I think the Minnesota is one cat trade away from being a a contender. Mm-hmm. I like the roster they have outside of ca- the Twin Towers lineup. And if it were me, I just it, I keep thinking that Dame is a perfect landing spot there. I mean, if you're Portland, can you talk yourself into Anthony Towns kind of splitting the difference between you know the young timeline with Scoot Henderson and maybe? He'll still be good in a year or two, or this or that. And if not, could you reroute him to New York in some kind of trade that netted you that netted Portland the Knicks assets? I think that's always a possibility as well. But I just look at I look at Timber, the Timberwolves roster and I say Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson. That's six players I really like that I think can play in the playoffs. Carl Anthony Towns fetches you another player or two, and you have a full rotation. Pascal Siakam, hello I mean, can you make that work with Gobert and Siakam? I don't know if that, that one almost becomes a little too difficult from a spacing standpoint, but he's a good player. I think that's the sort of player that they would have to add. I hear
0: you on Damien. I just, I feel like Anthony Edwards is about to take that leap and I just want to clear the way for him completely. Like if he's going to be that dude. Um but yeah, I don't know. Um, Jayden,
1: you need two though. And Jaden McDaniel is not a ball handler. You know, Kyle Anderson can off of the bench to kill out the Walker, not a ball handler. So, to me, you there's room enough for Anthony Edwards and Damian Lillard as a as a scoring duo, but and they don't do the same thing, so maybe it works. I don't know. Cat for Paul George. I mean, that extension doesn't That'd be a home run. Right. All
0: right. Um, that's a different countdown. Uh, thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Every day is make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever it is that you get your podcast. The show will be back on Monday with the biggest stories. From the NBA weekend. In the meantime, you can find me over on Locked on Heat. Adam is over on Locked on Nuggets. Adam, have a great weekend.
1: You as well.